about eight years, and in this eight years, I've learned a lot about myself, you know. Uh, I've learned a lot about, you know, just me in a lot of different ways. And I learned things that I'm good at, and I learned things that I'm not good at. And one of those things that I'm not good at is multitasking. You know, I'm, it's just, you know, I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's really hard for me to do two things at one time, you know. Even texting sometimes, I have to stand to finish a text message. You know, walking, it's just easier for me to stop and text. You know, it's, you know, I, you know uh, just last week uh, or before we left, before we evacuated, I was having a conversation with Melinda about some things. And I'm talking to her and she's cleaning the kitchen. She's also telling the girls, giving them instructions on what she wants them to do. And in the back of her mind, she later told me that she was also planning what she needed to put on the grocery list for what we needed, you know, for the week, while also at the same time listening to what I'm saying. I'm thinking, how in the world are you doing that? Like, how do you do that? And it's just, you know, I, I just realized that women are great at multitasking. I mean, Tina, I don't know how you listen and hear me while you're sending an email, typing an email. It just, it just drives me crazy. I don't know how you can do it. I'm like, how can you understand what I'm saying? But she can, but she's all, she can do a lot of things. So, um, but it's just pretty amazing to me. And, uh, you know, I think about Jesus. We're going to go to a text, and Jesus here is multitasking. And I know that Jesus is a man, but, you know, for me, it's impossible. Jesus can do the impossible, so he can multitask. So, um, and uh, Jesus multitasked everywhere he went. He was always doing his mission, what he was called to do, what he's doing in that moment. At the same time, he's also teaching his disciples at the same time. He's also rebuking the Pharisees at some point, and he's also fulfilling prophecy at the same time. He's doing multiple things at one moment and any time that he's, it's, it's just amazing. He's always multitasking. And here in, in Matthew 16, where we're going to be at verse 13, he's doing the same thing. And Jesus is about to ask his disciples a question. And uh, Jesus did this a lot, as we know, you know, he would ask a question or he would tell a story. And usually the, the disciples respond and they would, they would say something that was the wrong answer. You know, you know Jesus, you know, would be talking about leavened bread after speaking to Pharisees. He's talking about Pharisees and the disciples are wondering why he's talking about bread, you know, and he's like, no, you're not getting it. You're not, you're not getting it here. So in this instance, the disciples actually got it right. So, um, so we're going to pick up in Matthew 16, verse 13, and um, here they're arriving to Caesarea Philippi. Now, um, if you're wanting to know where that's at, you know, um, I can tell you a little bit that Caesarea Philippi is near Mount Hermon, and it's some ways away from Tyre, from where they were coming from. But, you know, listen, I'm going to leave the rest to Pastor Ron. That's his, that, that, that's his thing. You know, ge- you, know, you know, geography, as me and Bill just were just discussing, it's not my forte either. But uh, they, are, they just left Tyre, and they're on their way to Caesarea Philippi. They have arrived. I imagine they're walking on a road or something. They're doing something, and Jesus begins to ask a question. So let's go ahead and pick up in verse 13. The Bible says this. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17 
And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which means from Jonah, uh, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, um, uh, as I was preparing for the message today, you know, uh, yesterday I was thanking you know, Pastor Ron called me and he, and he told me that, you know, he, that, you know, he needed me to speak. So, of course, I said, yes, sir. So I started thinking, you know, you know there were some thoughts and some scriptures there in my heart. You know, I, you know, I went to Tina's house and we swam. By the way, you know, I swam at your house. You weren't there. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm playing with the girls and I'm just thinking, you know, Maya's jumping off the rock. I'm just thinking, you know, and, you know, we get out and then we go home and I'm, you know, hanging out with Nora and, you know, Nora's just chilling, you know, she's grabbing my hair, you know, grabbing my, you know, you're grabbing my face. So I put her down and she's kicking me with her legs. You know, she kicks a lot right now. So, and it's starting to hurt a little bit, but, you know, so I'm just thinking and just pondering. And eventually I, you know, I take it to the scriptures, you know, you know I start reading, you know, just trying to vet out, you know, you know, what's in my heart. And then all of a sudden I came across this scripture and this wasn't one of the ones I was looking for. It wasn't the one of the ones that was in my heart, but it just, it just jumped out to me. It just leaped out. So I decided just to go ahead and just start to dive in it further. And uh, Jesus, he was, he, he asked his disciples two questions. The first he asked, who do people say that the son of man is? Who do men or who do they, you know, different versions say different things. Who do they say that the son of man is? And so the disciples begin saying all sorts of things that, you know, people tend to say when it comes to Jesus, you know. And so uh, they threw out, well, John the Baptist. They say John the Baptist. Uh, I thought this was really interesting because uh, John the Baptist was actually beheaded by Herod not too long before this. So you know, if he came back to life, Jesus had holes in his hands. So if he came back to life, I mean, I guess it'd be pretty obvious to know who John the Baptist was. He wouldn't have a head on. But, you know, hey, hey, that's, that's just what came to my mind. But they thought Jesus might be John the Baptist, okay? You know, they thought he came back from the dead. Uh, they thought it might be Elijah. You know, some people thought he was Elijah. They believed uh, that Elijah would return before the end time. So I, I guess they just thought that he might be him. They also thought it was, prof, you know, the prophet Jeremiah, that he had come back, you know, I guess that they just imagined that Jesus reminded them of Jeremiah and they listed other prophets. And so uh, basically what they said is that people had no idea who Jesus was. They had no idea who he was and they didn't recognize who it was who was walking before them. But then Jesus then asked a second question and he asked, now who do you say that I am? And Peter was the first person to speak up and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, I believe that Peter here is making a prophetic, he was making a prophetic statement. Um, he was proclaiming the truth that every person, every man, every woman, every teenager must proclaim and must believe in order to be saved, in order to be born again. It was a, it was, and, 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 and upon him making this statement, Jesus began to make another a prophetic statement as he went on from there. But it was upon that truth, upon this truth, that upon this profession of faith that Jesus would begin to build his church. He says that upon this rock, upon this statement, upon this profession of faith, this is the church. This is how the church will be, this is how I will build my church. 
Now, uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, I, I was reading some, some commentary. You know, some people believe that it was at this moment that the church era began. Um, I would disagree, you know, because the Holy Spirit had not yet been sent. But um, it was just interesting to know that uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all recorded this moment happening, Jesus speaking with disciples on this very same thing, asking these same two questions. But it was only here where... Um, where Jesus actually mentions the church. And I think he only mentions the church maybe twice. And then, you know, you know in the gospels, and this was one of them, uh, the ecclesia, the church. Um, and uh, what we know about the church today is that the church is God's force in the world today. And it's through the church that God accomplishes his will through his people. And God chose to set it up this way. This is, this, this is the way that he did it. And, uh, but when he made the, pro- the proclamation of faith that Peter, um, that Peter made, it was at that moment, and at, at that moment when we make that same proclamation whenever at some point in time, however God did it, when God took us from darkness and he moved us to light, when he took us from death and he moved us to light where he transferred us from a place where we were far from God and he brought us near to God. And we were brought from orphans into God's family. We were adopted into his family. Romans 8:15 tells us that our spirit cries out to God saying, Abba, Father, because we are now a part of God's family. But we are also added and a part of the church as a whole. And I love the idea of the church, you know, uh, just us being, the, us being a part of the body that we all are not just a part of a family, but we all have a place and a part to play in the mission that God is, or, or, that God is ultimately accomplishing. And, uh, you know, the word ecclesia, church, the word ecclesia means to gather and to assemble. And this is the idea, Hebrews 10.25, that Pastor Ron built Fall Family Church on, is not forsaking the gathering together, and, uh, which I love. And, um, you know, because of that, gathering together as believers uh, into the ecclesia, into the church, you know, just thinking about all that, you know, that's how all of this was, you know, you know, Pastor Ron, you know, put all this together. So, um, you know, thank you, Jesus, for the church, man. Um, it's, it, it's, 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 it's powerful, and it's what Jesus, it, it's what God has established, Jesus being the head of the church. So, but with that, let's go back to the questions that Jesus asked. So he asked, he asked first, who do people say that I am? They gave their answers. And then he then began to ask a second question. He asked, who do, who do, who do you say that I am? And then, of course, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, when I was reading this, I was thinking, you know, whenever I read across, especially when we get to verse 15 and you read, it's like, you know what Peter's going to say. And we also know that it's the right answer. You know, we know, well, yeah, yeah, you know, we know he got it right because we know it's the right answer. But of course, Jesus made apparent to Peter that this is not something that is so obvious. It's obvious to us, 
because we're saved, we're born again. We've been born again, but, but, but apart from Jesus, apart from, you know, I'm sorry, apart from God giving, you know, revealing it to Peter without that divine revelation, there was no way for Peter to know it. You know, looking back at it, you, yeah, you know, we know what it says, but it was apparent to us and it was apparent to him, but to many people, this truth is not apparent. That whenever we, whenever we, when we talk about Jesus, who Jesus is, it's not something that is so obvious and so apparent. Jesus, he revealed himself to us. We trusted and we believed we became born again, and now we know who he is. But that's not the case for everybody. As Jesus mentioned in that first question, he asked, you know, uh, you know who do people say that I am? He asked that question, and of, of course, knowing what that answer was going to be. All types of answers, but that wasn't the right one. So Peter knew that Jesus was the Christ, but he did not necessarily know how things were going to play out. He knew that he had the right answer. He knew that Jesus was who he said he was, but he did not know how things were going to play out moving forward. He, you know, Jesus was crucified. You know, he denied Christ three times. He ran away. You know, I'm sure that he sulked for a while. You know, he went back to fishing and he kind of just ran away from this whole life until Jesus came back. And I believe that the things that Jesus said to him, the things that he spoke to him, like, you know, you, know, you are Peter, little rock, and upon this I will build my church. He was talking about the statement, but also his name being little rock, saying that, listen, you are going to have a part to play in this church that I am building. I'm sure in that moment those things came alive in him, and he realized that he had a moment, he, you know, that this was his time. And still, he didn't know how it was going to go. But of course, Acts 2 Peter receives the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden he preaches his first sermon and like 2,000 people got saved right there. And then from then on, he just kept moving forward. And, you know, even, you know, you know we look back at Peter and obviously he is a major pillar in the building of the early church. You know, two of his letters are in the, you know, you know, are in the, New, are in the New Testament. But at this time, Peter had no idea how things were gonna go. And more importantly, there were a lot of questions and a lot of concerns for Christians at that time. We all know about the persecution of Christians. We know that there were false teaching trying to creep in to, to, to muddy the gospel message. There were so many things, so much pressure, so many things happening at that time. And yet in the midst of it, not knowing what was going to happen, Peter simply moved forward, preached the gospel, and did as much as he could do. And many people, people kept getting saved. People kept receiving Jesus. And I think, you know, I go back to verse 18. It says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He says that, he says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Even though he had no idea how it was going to happen, he, what we do know is that whatever, he just moved forward. He did what he was supposed to do. He trusted God and God did the rest. You know, I was just thinking about everything going on today, you know, everything that's been happening around us. And it's just, you know, it's just wild 
you know, the days that we're living in, you know, just how crazy things are. You know, it's, it's challenging, it's troubling. But when I looked at this question, who do you say that I am? I know who Jesus is. We know who Jesus Christ is. We know that he died for our sins and that he raised, that he was raised in three days. Right now he's alive, sitting at the right hand of God. We know that he is the Messiah. He is soon to come. We know who he is. But I also know that there is people around us. We know people around us where that is not the case. It's not apparent to them. And, you know, uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, talking to people, even in my own family, you know, um, you know, who really believed that they're saved, but also don't know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you can't be saved. And, you know, it's just like, it's, we know that, you know, they think they know, but they don't. They don't realize who Jesus is or that he's even right in front of them on the inside of us. You know, we don't know how things are going to play out with COVID. Um, we don't know don't know how things are going to play out with the elections coming up, um, you know, with the division in our nation, uh, racial tension, you know, crazy weather. I heard there, that there was another hurricane, you know, but, you know, let, it, let alone just in Texas, just around the world, everything that is happening, the persecution that has, that's happening in California, you know, for churches and around the world for Christians, uh, whether it be India or wherever it may be. In the midst of everything going on, we don't know how things are going to play out. But one thing we do know is that we have the answer, and his name is Jesus. And Pastor Ron, this past Sunday, he challenged us to be Jesus-specific. And, uh, you know, that was the one thing that stuck out to me, you know, in Sunday's message. And, you know, I've been thinking about it, you know, just bouncing it around in my head, mulling over it. And, you know, he encouraged us to be Jesus-specific in our conversations, our encounters with other people. And uh, it's during this time, I believe, it's so important for us to share Jesus with the people who are around us. And, um, I, you know, I, I almost feel, I'm sure it's different. It's just, just this time reminds me, of when we read of what Peter and the apostles were going through, it just feels so similar. And um, they didn't know how things were going to play out. But one thing we do know is that a bunch of people got saved. And I think that right now, people are ready to receive the gift of salvation. And at the end of the day, verse 18, what we do know is that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That is one, one thing we do know. So um, um, verse 13, he said, uh, you know, who do they say that I am? You know, I wonder the people around me in my life, who do they say Jesus is? Is is he the Christ to them or is he something else? And I believe when I was reading, that was the verse that stuck out to me more than anything else. And what I, what I believe that the Lord was telling me is that that is my mission. They are my mission. They, the ones who don't know Jesus, the ones who do not know, it's not apparent to them that Jesus is the Christ. That is our mission. So with that said, um, I want to encourage us to, to be alert and be ready to share Jesus and to be Jesus-specific with the people around us because the hour is near. It's near. So three things, three things that, uh, that, uh, that I believe that we can do to be Jesus-specific. Number one is to identify. 
identify the people in our life that we know don't know Jesus, that we believe don't know Jesus. To identify those people, our, you know, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, whoever those people are, to identify them and begin to think on them. And then secondly is to pray, to begin to add them to our prayer list and pray for these people, pray, pray for them. And listen, you know, I'm sure that we already have people in our hearts and, there are, you know, you know, and in our minds, you know, to continue to pray for these. And then number three, to prioritize them to prioritize the people on these lists. And of course, everywhere we go, but the people that are on our hearts, that, that, you know, that God is putting on our hearts to prioritize them, to put them, uh, to make them a priority in our life, to be Jesus-specific, to share Jesus with them, to encourage them, to send them a text message, you know, to give them a call, and just to let them know that we're praying for them and do whatever we can to inject Jesus into their day and into their conversation. And I believe that the people that God is putting on our heart is for a reason. It's because Jesus is going after him, and I believe it's going to be through us that these people come to Christ. Amen? Amen. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you would encourage us, Father. God, that, that today, God, that we will be encouraged, Father, as Pastor Ron said, to be Jesus-specific, Father. And God, as we are going through uh, this fall family church this season, Father, as we are gathering together, Father, I just pray, God, that we also, God, are keeping in mind, Father, God, the people, God, who do not know you, Father. And God, I pray that our light will shine brightly, Father. God, I pray that as our light shines, that those who are around us, God, those who are around us, God, will also be encouraged, God, to let their light shine, Father. I pray that many people will begin to come to Christ, Father. God, I pray that revival, God will, God, will begin to awaken in people's hearts, Father, realizing that they need Jesus, Father. And God, I pray that it will begin to happen, not just in Southeast Texas, but God, also, God, it, God, it, God in our nation and around the world, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name.